ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls of legal drinking age, because if you're a child, you're probably not listening to the show, or if you are, I salute you, and one day I will buy you a beer, because clearly you know what you're doing. <laughs> uh, it's Cincy Brewcast, the voice of Cincy Craft. We're back. We are uh, sitting in sunny Sawyer Park, uh, waiting for the... Wiedemann Beer Boxing Championship to uh, get kicked off here, um, and yeah, we're just we're, we're hanging out in the sunshine, drinking some beer. Nice sunshiny <laughs> day. Um, I'm joined by David McKinney. Um, are we supposed to call you like MMA McKinney? So you can people call me know. whatever. Yeah, <laughs> MMA McKinney. Um, you uh, were on the last Dogberry show. When was that? Like was that February, spring-ish? right before they did the can release. Yeah, so right I saw the cans in the corner, um, taunting me. Uh, you have your own blog, MMA McKinney, where you kind of bounce back and forth between beer and uh, MMA. Yeah, mostly beer at this point. Um, and if you go on there, I do a lot of brewery adventures, what I call them. I travel a lot for work and get around to a lot of different breweries. And I feel like that's the best way to discover a new place wherever I am in the country at the time. And so I've been to a ton of different places in big, small, medium-sized cities and always love going and, and checking out all the different breweries and also my favorite part of traveling now is finding the new breweries like in that area or you know we we my wife's family's from salina ohio you know out in the middle of nowhere and they've had this brewery that's been trying to start up for like the last like four years and every time we go up there in the summer they're just a little bit closer a little bit closer and they're finally pouring beer now and they finally have a tap room now and i'm just i'm so excited to go up there in the summer now there's a brewer. <laughs> like it's, Makes it's, it a lot easier. How did people travel before? <laughs> go visit the in-laws. Yeah, I actually was going to uh, Pittsburgh a couple of weeks ago for uh, an, an MMA event, actually. And halfway is Zanesville. So I stopped at Weasel Boy and had, an, had lunch, had some awesome pizza. And it's like, otherwise, I would have just stopped at a random gas station and right. got food and, and you know something else. But I actually made time to sit down and, and enjoy an area. Right. And it's like... Zanesville is not really an area where you think of craft beer, but it was enjoyable. And I was like, I didn't realize Zanesville even had something this awesome. So right. that's one of the things that I like to is going to these little small areas. And I was newer to Cincinnati a couple of years ago, moved here. And that was one of the reasons, one of the ways that I found out, figured out all the areas and neighborhoods in Cincinnati was going to all the breweries <laughs> yes. here. That was the first, first part of, uh, of our adventure. So we, we, have been to every brewery in Cincinnati except for a couple of new ones that have just opened but that's been one of the fun parts of going to areas that I never really would have gone to right, otherwise right right it gets you much like you know traveling you might pull off an exit or two ahead of when you needed to eat lunch because there's a brewery at this exit right. you know, kind of that same idea you might you know you, you, you may not have been somebody that would go hang out in Northside or whatever, but now there's, you know, Urban Artifact. It's like, oh, we've got to go there. we got to try this place. So it's, it's fun to see how breweries can, can can really help those those areas of town that they're in, you know, just by being there and just by getting people to come there. Um, speaking of breweries, John, welcome back to the show. <laughs> Thank you very much. Um, John Voitouche from, from, from Bad Tom Smith. Um, you guys are one of... Well, you are, I guess, the first brewery in Cincinnati to really expand outside of Cincinnati with another tap room. Um, I can't officially validate that. I but think, if, I, if off I, the top of my head, I can't think of anybody else that has yeah. opened a tap room outside. There's been a couple, multiple yeah. locations here in Cincinnati, but yeah. um, you've you've spread out across Ohio at this point. You have location number two. Does it have a different fun name other than just 
Bad Tom too. Uh, everything that we have is Bad Tom Smith. <laughs> um, but and we've talked a little bit to you in the past, kind of about this idea of spreading these small neighborhood tap rooms to different areas, and how that's kind of the the, the long term goal for the brand. Mm-hmm. And you know, we, we're seeing it come to life. Yeah. We're hopefully very soon seeing some other things come to life you know maybe some 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 moves and some expansions here in 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 cincinnati yeah finally well (laughs) you know as we've talked about and shared with cincinnati uh when cheryl and i decided to buy bad tom a lot of people were wondering well why would you buy a failed brewery and uh, some of the assets that it had we felt can extend beyond cincinnati if we were able to brew a good consistent quality product so when you move beyond that aspect of it, which it took us, you know, a good couple of years to, I think, get back to what people would say is you good, you do have a good quality product. Uh, we said we kind of missed that window to put our products on store shelves. Definitely missed the window to um, really start finding a distributor that can take us across Ohio, Indiana, Pennsylvania, things like that. And our long-term success was going to be built on being able to control our own taps. And we felt the brand itself, Bad Tom Smith, with the story, we can take and build upon that theme and come up with what we call a comfortable tap room. It's almost like a cigar bar type type uh, tap room. And we developed that concept, and we opened up our first one in Ohio City uh, in December. And it has far exceeded our expectations. And I have to tell you, as a Bad Tom fan here in Cincinnati, like it makes me a little bit jealous when I look at these pictures of <laughs> this tap room yeah. and how cool it looks and yeah. how beautiful it is. And not that what you guys have going on here on the East End is in a beautiful tap room, mm-hmm. but it's there's a little bit of a difference. There. It's a huge difference. <laughs> it's a huge difference. You know, and once again, when Cheryl and I um, decided to to buy Bad Tom. We gave ourselves 18 months to figure out, is there really going to be a business that's there? And as I said, it's all about the products, the processes, and the people. And we focused on that. The last 18 months is trying to find different communities that we can take in and really more focus on a micro-pub uh, concept where we're going to brew all of our product here in Cincinnati and, and then be able to find communities and integrate yourself into the community. And each one's going to have different size, different attributes in that. And the first one we nailed in in Ohio City, it it couldn't be better in terms of how we we laid it out. It's really what we had visualized for for the Bad Tom brand. The second one um, in Madisonville that we're going to be opening up most likely around January and February. It's going to be the same. Always throw the ish in there. (laughs) We've been been planning planning on this now. I'm sure some people have heard. Last time we talked, it was probably about a year ago about what we were doing and um, unfortunately the Madisonville project itself um, has taken far longer uh, to finish than most people would have expected Um, but with that move uh, we're now going to be able to expand our brewing capacity Uh, but to your point we're we're bringing that bad Tom theme Um, the building that we have has got a lot of characteristics it's uh, an older bank building. It's about 100 years old. And while Bad Tom was not a bank robber, we're not, we're not trying to bring <laughs> he, that into he it. could have been. <laughs> but but there's, uh, there's really some cool things that we're going to be able to do with um, – we've had some architects that have come in that are actually part of other breweries. And they know what works, what doesn't work. And really just taking a look at the space and saying we don't want to change the integrity of the space. It's here's what, we, what the Bad Tom theme is. 
now take that and let's build that into the space. And uh, I think the city of Cincinnati, hopefully they'll get a chance to see why, you know, Cheryl and I said this is a great, a great opportunity for us and why we wanted to be part of the craft brewing community. Well, when you, when you look at the current Bad Tom Smith Tap Room on the East End, mm-hmm. like there's lots of trying to fix this and trying to fix this and trying to make this work and trying to make this yeah. make sense and you know there, there's lots of I don't want to call them band-aids but there's lots of there's lots of band-aids trying to, right. to make something work yeah whereas having that opportunity to come into a new space and look at it and be like all right now from from the ground up how do we build this thing out the way yeah. it should have been the whole time it's yeah. it's it's a fun opportunity it's a fun it hopefully is. a fun way to introduce some of those people that I don't I don't know if there's anybody that doesn't know you guys exist at this point here in Cincinnati, but there's got to be beer drinkers that are still just kind of latched onto their their Madry or their Rheingeist or whatever it is and haven't been to Bad Tom or haven't been to some of these other places. And it's yeah. a fun new way to introduce to them to that. You know, well, I think that the, the challenge that Sean Smith, the original owner owners um, had, is where we're located at, there's not a community that's wrapped around it. Right. You know, you've got Mount Lookout. It, or is it Outlook or Mountain Lookout? Up, oh, yeah, up, yeah. yeah, they're they're above us, and um, Eastern Avenue itself is not necessarily developed real well. And when you had blank slate, unfortunately, when Scott had to close down, you took what used to be three breweries, which would be a nice Saturday afternoon. Now there's two of us. There's Streetside and, and Bad Tom, and it's very difficult to to pull people into our area where there's not restaurants, there's not other attractions. And it's it was just something that when they made the choice to put the business there, there was no concept of tap rooms at the time. And I understand why they did what they did. But once that opportunity presented itself, they weren't positioned for it. Right. And um, to your when- point, it was, it was a lot of, because of the space itself, um, it's been challenging. It's been very limiting in what we can do. We've got the... We've had the new brew house for um, about 18 months now, and we've increased our capacity. We're, we're over 1,000 barrels. Um, we're trending to 1,000 barrels this year. I mean, so we're, we're more than capable of brewing a lot of beer. And we don't have any limitations on that side. And Sean's doing a fantastic job. I, I hope the, the that quality you guys can, is, is is absolutely yeah. through the roof. It's, it's it's fantastic. It's the best bad Tom that that, that has been out there so far. Thank you. I don't, we're, David, yeah, we're drinking some bad Tom right now. We which are is delicious. The the new thirteen preachers is that what it's called? The new yeah, lager. It's a Mars and lager. Yeah. Fantastic. You know, so we we've actually in the last eight months, Sean and myself have looked at how do we develop a, a portfolio of beers that are a little bit more drinkable. Um, we had been so heavy on on the heavier type beers, and that's kind of what uh, when people think about Bad Tom, it was um, there's a you know we've got a, a couple of ten percent plus beers and some other higher ones, cold hearted killer, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and we weren't we weren't IPAs either. But we said to ourselves, well, we got to figure something out there, and and we developed uh, four additional drinkable beers, and that that fall below that six and five percent um, ABV. You guys have one of my favorite session IPAs in town. With that, is American Outlaw? American is that the Outlaw. Session? Mm-hmm. Phenomenal! Like it's yeah. it's a really 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 good session IPA. It's mm-hmm. it's packed full of big bright hop flavors, but it's still yeah. super drinkable. It's it's really good, and I and that's the thing that I've been more impressed with with Sean is, is that when you start making the the lagers, and I heard you talking a little bit earlier before we went on the air about pilsners and that when you think about the challenge in making a beer like that it's so much different than a cold hearted killer the the russian imperial stout there's so much that you can do to um, 
I guess you could say overcome mistakes or, or kind of mask things because right. the taste can be so strong. Uh, but when you're making a lager, I mean, you're kind of exposing yourself. And it's pretty, it's, it's, there's not a whole lot there that if you did not do a good job and, and really nail it, it's well, going to be really a bad beer. I think I've talked on the show about it a few times where my love for Pilsners is because, you know, every ingredient is, is showcased mm-hmm. just so in your face in that beer. I mean, I guess it's hard to say in your face with a Pilsner, but they are. Like, it's right. everything from the water to the malts to the right. hops to the yeast even. Like, it's all right there. You can't yeah. hide behind anything else. and. Right. If you, one of those things is a little bit off, mm-hmm. you can see it. And there are there are some 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 big breweries that have done some pilsners in town that I'm like, oh, you yeah. you missed on, on this <laughs> and this. Yeah, and there's there's no place to hide. It, it's also going back to having a beer that tastes like beer. I mean, yeah. there's right. so many places now which you can make things that you throw a bunch of sugar in it and it tastes good, but does it taste like beer? And yeah, we had a uh, we had an event about two months ago. It was a f- we called it a funky box. It was a, we just took our jockey box and worked with Urban Artifact, and they came over and we had some sour um, some sour base, and they helped us to to take some of their fu- fruit puree, and they showed us how to do the process. And when they poured it, it looked like a smoothie. <laughs> I was like, is, are you telling me this is what people are drinking today? And to your point, it's like that anymore. It's it's not just a, a simple drinkable beer. It, it's so many different concoctions, and we've just said to ourselves, we're going to be pretty simple. If you come and take a look at our brew house, we don't have all the bells and whistles, but we don't we don't brew the complex beers where we need to have a lot of bells and whistles. I don't think when you think about home brewers, what it really takes to brew a batch of beer, the home brewers understand it doesn't take you know many pieces of equipment to do it. it takes a lot of attention to the details. And picking out good quality grains and hops and yeast and, and, and really uh, watching it through the process as opposed to just, i got to get through this because i got to get to the next beer. But now when, when you say you, you just want to brew, you know, simple kind of normal thing, you, you still have the New England IPA on tap right now, sure. which is probably the trendiest of trendy things right now. <laughs> and that was a collaboration with Andy from Alexandria, Alexandria yeah. Brewing. And Andy brought that to us. And, you know, we, we are not known for our IPAs. I appreciate your comment about the session. We have a double IPA as well. We kind of took the bookend um, type of approach. But when Andy came and worked with us on that, we were like, now this is really something that's different. And it doesn't get lost in the mix. Um, it's, it's our most popular beer. But I'll be honest with you, it's not necessarily because it's the greatest. I hope it's great. I hope people enjoy it. But... The reality is, is most people are still coming in and looking for an IPA. That's yeah. the first thing they ask for. Is like, well, what's your, what's your IPA? Well, I, you know? I I stopped in the other night with with Danny from the Punch House mm-hmm. and um, the the group of people from from his uh, Ohio team that is fighting today were mm-hmm. there and um, a couple of, we got a picture of the uh, the docks and we're drinking that. But a couple, oh, I really you know, I don't really I like IPAs. I like IPAs, and so they went up to get something else and. Every single one of them, I think, came back with yeah. that, that hazy river. Yeah. <laughs> like, all right, that's, I mean, like, that's not really an IPA. <laughs> and, and that's, the, you know, we look at it as, as um, there, Andy brought something to us. We worked together to mature something, and we're like, okay, well, we're going to stick to this, and we're going to make it as, as consistent, as, as good as we possibly can. And um, that doesn't mean that we're going to go out now and try to create five more IPAs to compete with Ryan Geist or somebody right. else. That's not who we are. Right. And uh, but it really kind of it's a good check in the box when it comes to an IPA. As as trends 
come up like that, like the New England IPA, or maybe it's a, a fruited sour thing, like Urban mm. Artifacts doing. Not, a, not that that's necessarily a trend, but mm. you know, like, uh, how do you, how do you, not necessarily put the blinders on, but how do you do that, and how do you like, how do you focus on? All right, this is this is who we are, and how do you how do you know who you are, and how do you yeah. how do you kind of stay grounded to that? That's a good question. I, I think that when we looked at who Bad Tom was. Cincinnati's very German-based in terms of their beers, and I, I felt that when Charles, uh, who was one of the original owners, that he was a brewer, he focused a lot on those heavier beers. You can see where there's a marketplace for that. And when we came in and we started taking a look at, well, what would our portfolio be? We said to ourselves that our customer demographic, we're not going to just limit ourselves to people like IPAs and then come up with 10 different types of IPAs. We said, let's come up with those styles that are pretty easily recognizable, and you start with the Pilsners at one end, and then you go to like a Russian Imperial Stout at the other end, and you say to yourself, well, can I develop eight to ten different styles in between there that people don't have to think too hard about? They don't have to sit there and taste it and, and try to figure out like what's supposed to happen. It's um, just make a good quality beer that people can be familiar with, and then throw something in like the Kentucky Common. You know, Kentucky Common now is is a recognized style, um, you know, in in the industry. Where a couple of years ago, nobody really knew what it was. It was right. a dark cream ale, and so we. That's kind of us stepping outside of some boundaries, and that's by no stretch of the imagination is that like crazy. It's not. It's not a crazy. Uh, you know, something that uh, Sean was sitting in the. You know, he was sitting in his chemistry area coming <laughs> up with something. I was like, this is just something that ties in real well with our story, well, being from Eastern Kentucky. It, well, it's like, not even necessarily the Kentucky side of it. Just the the feeling of it somehow just feels right, right. with Bad Tom. You, yeah. you, you could you could you could pick up a, a keg of, of the ducks and take it out to, you know, I don't mm. know, pick a random state out west. The you know? crowd so pleaser. You, yeah. 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 You could pull it in there. It's easy. It's drinkable. But then as you're sitting there drinking it, if you start telling the story of Bad Tom and who he was, not even in a state context, the beer just kind of fits that. It's like this this rustic kind of... Yeah. Like, it, it, it tastes like a, like a beer that you would drink, like, years ago. Like, you know, sitting, you know, in some kind of... You know, old Western kind of thing. You know, I mean, you see where I'm going with it? Like, it's just, well, it's a, it fits it, in perfect. It's a drinkable beer. We, we kind of looked at that strategy where we said we got to have five or six beers that somebody could sit down and drink three or four of them and, and not, you know, fall off their chair. And But it's got a nice, deep, rich taste to it. And it's got a cool story. Right. And I think one of the things that we try to do at Bad Tom is every one of our beers, we try to create a little story around it. And, and a lot of people find that appealing. Um, in Ohio City, as an example, over 50% of our sales are are some form of um, the uh, flights. And what we've came, came to find is, is up there we've got 18 taps. And many people are coming in, and they're, they're not used to having that many styles of beers, and they want to actually try more beers than just coming right. and saying, I'm going to have an IPA. We weren't prepared. We, it, we didn't see that coming. In Cincinnati, unfortunately, we only have 12 taps, and we're a little bit more limited in what we can do. And it just shows you... For now? Oh, yeah. We've got a a new tap system that's coming to Madisonville. It's going to be 20 taps. And and we also have Growler Station, which is really, really cool, too. uh, It just takes you up that that next level. And uh, there's a lot of people who want to take the beer out as well. Um, But, you know, when, when people see what we do with Madisonville... 
um, what they can trust in is that what Cheryl and myself and Sean have worked on is the people, process, and product. It always starts there. But they're going to walk in and they're going to see something that they hopefully are going to be like, this is cool and I want to come back. Because that's the, we all know that the hardest thing to do is everybody wants to, will try you once. Right. But you need to come back. You've got a small window. you got to have a great server. you got to have a very, very good beer. And you just, that half hour or hour that they're there, they just like the vibe. And, you know, Cincinnati, there's a lot of great breweries out there that they make great beer. They've got good people. And they've got cool vibes. And it's just not everybody's going to hit all of them. They're not going to come back a second time. And um, we feel Madisonville is really going to tie us into a community that will get a lot of new faces in. Right. Uh, that necess- They wouldn't necessarily come to the eastern, you know, eastern Avenue area. It's dangerous so. over there. <laughs> <laughs> Parking is what's hard over there. <laughs> you do have Terry's Dirt Club, though, which is... Uh, we've got... always a, we, a we have a big parking lot now. Uh, nobody's, <laughs> there's been nobody writing on social media that, well, you guys got great beer, but your parking sucks. I mean, it's, uh, that's like the biggest complaint I heard for three years. <laughs> But uh, but I'll tell you, it, when, when the city of Cincinnati learns more about what's going on in Madisonville, um, we couldn't be prouder to be part of, you know, be part of that community, uh, to see a rebirth of, of an old community. And uh, when you have the city of Cincinnati behind it, Madisonville is behind it, and there's a lot of businesses. It's a community that a lot of people have lived there for a long time and have seen a lot of different entities come in and say we're going to do this we're going to do this and then a decade goes by and nothing happens well even even aside from the people that live there i mean there's there's countless people that drive through it on on a day-to-day basis you know going to and from work they're driving right through right there right there past your building yeah and you just drive past it you just drive through there's nothing going on and when something like this is happening it catches your eye and you're like oh whoa yeah what's going on there and then you stop you know that that one day coming home from work you just you stop and then it becomes well when you've got MedPace as a uh, a business itself that's that that in and of itself is going to be creating vibrancy in in that part of Madisonville and the Mad Tree's a mile away Mad Tree's down the street tapping screws right down the street too and um, you know there's a lot that's going on within that mile mile stretch and um for us to be part of, you know, the, to a certain extent, we're looked at as the hub of what's going on on Wetzel and Madison, which, you know, when we made the decision to go there, I would have never expected that Bad Tom Smith was going to be some hub of, of anything, you know. And that's, we're very proud of the fact that this, the community itself has gotten behind us and is like, well, yeah, we really want to build, you know, around you. We want you guys in the middle of this. And there's $25 million economic development project is being built around us. And we're the only building that's going to remain. Everything else is being knocked down. And um, that that's pretty, we're pretty proud, you know, that, that a community would get behind us at this point. And to your point, the traffic is, is off the charts. And our biggest concern, to be honest with you, is just understanding scale. You know, how to, we're, we're bringing in more brewing equipment. We've got more space in the tap room. It's just like, you know, how do you go from an Eastern Avenue area where on a Saturday you have a good Saturday and you might have, you know, three, 400 people come through. And, I mean, what does that mean in Madisonville? Right. I mean, it's Mad Tree itself is when you get the spill off from a Mad Tree, when people can't get in on a Saturday night, um, it's a... It changes the dynamics. Or Saturday know. at 11 a.m. Yeah. <laughs> or a Tuesday at 11 a.m. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It changes the it's, dynamics. And that's yeah. one of those things that you you really 
have might ha- not have any idea what it looks like until you're in there and yeah. things are happening and they're like, oh shit. <laughs> and that's you know when we opened up in Ohio City, we did not have a grand opening because uh, we've seen successful grand openings from Brink and Woodburn and other places that you just get overwhelmed that first week and you've got the production of the beer, you got new point of sale, you got new servers. And that is probably that time where I, you're going to make the most mistakes. And, and then you have to start playing catch-up. And uh, we feel like what, we, what we've gone through in Ohio City is going to prepare us a little bit more for Madisonville. Um, but in Cincinnati, you know, it's not a whole lot that prepares you for when you, when you open up. The community gets behind you, and you, know, you'll have, you just have those people that are watching for that next, that next thing. And they're so supportive. And um, we're going to do the best we can. Yeah, so I mean... We, what else do you do? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's it. We always talk about it. It's like Jesus was. I mean, we're just serving beer. <laughs> it's like, when, I don't mean to. When, I don't mean to degrade anything that we're doing. But when you when you take a certain number of steps back, like yes, that's all that's happening here. Yeah. But when you really get into this and you start looking, like it's so much more than that to a lot of people. Like yeah. this is. You know, and, and I know that I'm probably a terrible example because of the obsession that I've turned this into. But, like, there are so many people that this is it's what you do on the weekend. Like, yeah. you, you, you take your family and you go out to a brewery and you hang out. You go, you try something new. You sit around and play some board games. You watch the FC Cincinnati game. I think that's the right. only winning team we have left. <laughs> you know, like, whatever that thing is, like, you, you go there and you just, you, it's, that's your it's spot. It's part of the culture that's that's in communities like Cincinnati and Columbus and Cleveland and and also now it's starting to go to the smaller communities yeah. if you think back I was watching a show on PBS the other day uh, up in Pittsburgh and it was about prohibition and about if you think back what happened before prohibition it's a great uh, special it's, alcohol I think it's on Netflix right now too yeah I, the sale of alcohol was um, I think it accounted for 20 percent of the taxes that were collected uh, for our country and there was a bar you know, not only every corner, I mean, it was everywhere. There was liquor every place. And when you think about communities like Cincinnati, um, almost 100 years ago, this was one of the leading producers of alcohol in the world. Right. And you're now starting to get back to that point that is, we're so integrated into the community in so many different communities. And, you know, you've got a great opportunity to um, create a cool experience. And to your point, it doesn't matter if it's a Monday, it doesn't matter if it's a Saturday. I sit and sometimes think, like, where we're currently located, what in the world would possess somebody to say, you know what, I'm going to Bad Tom. And as a business owner, you know, you're not buying our product off of a store shelf. You're actually making a conscious choice to go to our location and sit down and drink our product. And it's very humbling, to be honest with you. I, I so many times I'm like, I sit down with people and they... They love talking about our product. They love talking about our brand. They like asking the question. And I, 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 I go home to Pittsburgh so energized by what I see uh, because people are so passionate. Well, people take ownership of it. Like, yeah. You know, when you when you find your spot, whatever whatever that is, even, you know, not necessarily just bad time, whatever your spot is, like you take some kind of ownership of that. And you're like, this is, yeah. this is my place. This is, yeah. this is this is my bar. This is where I sit. This is where I go. And I decompress. I might hang out and talk to the bartender. That's 
my yeah. friend, you know, this is like, it becomes like this other thing. It becomes yeah. an extension of, I mean, you know, there's the, the talk of the, the third space or whatever that is, you know, coffee houses were a big thing in the nineties right. and it becomes this, this extension of where you live and where you exist. It's, 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 it, it, it's people want to associate themselves with something and you know, whether it's you're a sports fan, you know, people say like, well, I don't want to associate myself with the Bengals or the Browns in Cleveland or the Steelers. Cause I'm like, I live in all three, three areas, but, um, <laughs> They, they really do take, to your point, they take ownership and they're very proud of taking their friends right. to enjoy a certain beer or a certain place that I found. And it's almost like that, that secret place that I hope everybody else hasn't heard about. And when you think about back to Scott at Blank Slate, it, the beauty of what Scott was doing is he was making fantastic beer. He was so far off the beaten path and there were a lot of people that wore it as a badge of honor that like I like to hang out at Blank Slate. And when Scott came in and talked about why he had to close down, it was like there weren't enough people like that. There were a lot of people that really loved his beer, were big champions, but because there's so many other places to go to, there just weren't enough loyal people. Right. And that's what we all really are aspiring to. to... <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> that was none, none of us were going to the bathroom or anything like that. It was somebody else moving something. But... Um, you know, we've, we've got a beer club. Listerman's got a beer club. You've got others that you try to just create that. Um, you try to create something that gives them a reason to continue to come back. Because and the last container is going to be sliding by. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, running clubs is, is one of those new things you see yeah. popping up. You know, there's there's all kinds of you know, yoga. You see yoga groups yeah. of people doing yoga. And ver- and, well, and then you, you know, even, I mean, you get a lot more one-off events, too, like like where we are today at the Women's yeah. Beer Boxing Championships, which is an event that is a boxing event yeah. surrounded by beer. And this isn't the only one yeah. that uh, events like this. You've also got a ton of beer festivals. And I mean, I think just about every weekend I could probably go to a beer festival if yeah, I wanted to. Very <laughs> much Just so. in Cincinnati and not even have to travel, but very well, and, much and, so. and within that idea of, of a beer festival, you find different festivals trying to find, much like breweries trying to find that feeling and that thing yeah. that makes them unique and special. you got these festivals trying to do that now, you know, with boxing or with, you know, you know whatever it may be. Like everybody, you know, the... You know, music festivals, and you know, Urban does Bewilder Fest with all this, you know, wacky stuff that they do. Like it's, it, it's fun seeing that side of it too, where everything's trying to find these different identities, and everybody's just knocking it out of the park, just finding these unique approaches to everything, and it's yeah. it's fun. Well, two years ago at this time, uh, we actually put on our badass beer fest, and we had a plan that we were going to do that every year, and it took up so much time. And we we had to make sure we weren't losing focus on we're just a small group. We're not a big company and um, all of us are a family. And you just had to be very, very focused on that, that product first, uh, whether it's you're the server creating a good experience or you're Sean Brewing and, you know, Cheryl, Cheryl helping us in developing that bad Tom, uh, you know, what that bad Tom theme is going to be. And uh, you, unfortunately, you try a lot of things and... Um, Hopefully it kind of sticks, but to your point, there's so many other places that you can be part of without having to take all that risk on yourself. Right. <laughs> you know? And it is a lot of risk. I mean, I give Danny Calhoun a lot of credit today in trying to pull this off. Um, there's, there's a lot of risk in putting your own skin in the game and bringing in boxers, and we're about to listen to some music in the background <laughs> and, and so many other things. And um, we're, we're glad to be out here supporting him today. 
and want him to be real successful with his venture. And uh, for us to be supporting three of the fighters, too, you know, hopefully we bring home a belt or two. Right. (laughs) And uh, hopefully we will grab somebody from Wiedemann here in a little bit, too, and talk to them because... Um, they're yeah. fresh off of a grand a opening stuff. and um, yeah. have some killer stuff that they've been pouring. I'm curious to see what they brought today. But yeah, um, on that note, we should probably take a break and uh, you know, pay some bills, and we'll come back and maybe have somebody from Weedman. Who knows? All right, thank uh, you, thank you very much, John. We'll be back, Cincy Brewcast. We are the voice of Cincy Craft. The dream, the dream is definitely the fact that we went from homebrewing in a garage to where we are today, right? That is, that is the dream. Where we go from here, we're gonna, we're gonna continue to figure out as we grow. Uh, we, uh, and we don't know the answer. I don't know the answer. Can you hear more fun with your clothes on? I don't think so. <laughs> You're listening to Cincy Brewcast, the voice of Cincy Craft. This is Steve Shaw. This is Eric Bosler. Hi, my name is Gamel Nagy. Hey, y'all. This is Sean Willingham. This is Brett Coleman-Baker. Hi, I'm Scott LaFollette. Hi, this is Evan Rouse. Cellar Dollar Craft Beers. Darkness Brewing. Rivertown Brewing Company. Admissible Brew Works. Urban Artifact Brewing. Blank Slate Brewing. Braxton Brewing Company in Covington, Kentucky. In Cincinnati. In Northside. In Hamilton, Ohio. Bellevue, Kentucky. Mar, Ohio. You're listening to Cincy Brewcast. Cincy Brewcast. And you're listening to Cincy Brewcast. The voice. The voice. The voice of Cincy Craft. <laughs> Hi, this is Mike Stokes from Cincy Brew Bus. Cincinnati's craft beer scene is growing, and we want to take you to those locations. Here at Cincy Brew Bus, we love to introduce people to craft beer here locally in Cincinnati. We have an amazing craft beer scene. We have lots of routes to choose from and a lot of different places we can visit. Cincy Brew Bus is Cincinnati's premier and original craft brewery tour. We're the number one rated tour for breweries on TripAdvisor. We're the number one rated food and drink experience on TripAdvisor. And we're also the number two total tour overall on TripAdvisor here for Cincinnati. At Cincy Brew Bus, we provide a VIP tour experience for the novice and for the expert craft beer drinker. We like to take you out, show you how the beer is made, tell you about Cincinnati's rich brewing history, and at the same time, have fun, do some trivia, and drink some locally made fresh craft beer. I look at I look at the Bud Light drinkers out there as a you know a forest and harvester. They're all out there and, and they don't know any better yet, but they will. You don't you don't ever hear somebody say, Yeah, I used to drink that craft beer crap. But I <laughs> I went back to my Bud Light. You don't hear that, do you? No, you don't. You're listening to Cincy Brickcast, the voice of Cincy Craft. Listening to Cincy Brewcast, the voice of Cincy Craft. We're back. Cincy Brewcast, the voice of Cincy Craft. Um, it's like an awkward break for us because we actually took a break. <laughs> yeah, a little <laughs> bit of an extended break. We're, we're not really just coming back from the commercial. Yes, thank you. Listen to that. We couldn't find anything. 
feel like they skipped down to go in the ocean somewhere and left it. Yeah, well, it's been a busy Bonk week for them. Booth, so. It has been a busy week, so we've been trying to open their doors for, like, I don't know, ever. I think uh, 2012, maybe, was when they bought the brand and started bringing it back into town here. And yeah. Contract brewed forever, and the intention was always to have a tap room, but three spaces later, they finally found one that they could make happen, and uh, they grand opening was what last weekend maybe yeah and bringing the Wiedemann brand from northern kentucky into ohio too yeah. which is uh kind of cool to you know we've already got more line here which also brews with whole and right. little kings and things like that but it's it's always cool to see a really good brand and people that i think respect the brand and right, respect right. the history behind it bringing back a brand like that well and i think you know obviously the idea with Wiedemann is always you know a light easy drinking german pilsner kind of beer which i guess traditionally is what it was but they've expanded on that with what craft beer is today and they've got i think eight beers on tap when i was in there the other day and i know a couple more coming along um that will be on tap soon if they're not already and i think they're set up for i think it was 15 taps on each side of the the tap tower so i mean i'd I guess in theory they could have 30 beers on tap. I don't know if that's the idea, but yeah. there's there's a lot of space there to grow into not just a really fun throwback to, to Wiedemann, but into a modern craft brewery that can do some fun stuff. Haven't been there yet, but uh, definitely excited to get, get over there. And they're in St. Bernard. How close are they to uh, the Bruporium? Uh... Not super. Cl- I mean, like, like close. You can't walk there or anything, but it's um, definitely like a quick couple minute drive. Okay, you know, down the hill to get to the, the Bruporium. But um, if you know where, you you may not know. There's a place called Woodstone Creek uh, Winery Distillery. Yep. They're almost across the street. They're okay. across the street and down just a yeah. little bit. Um, there's like a big shopping center there in uh, Saint Bernard. Yep, they're a little bit down from that, but. Uh, they they nailed what what I loved the most aside from the beer side of it they they really nailed this idea of a um, like a, a bar that feels like it's been a neighborhood bar for a really long time feels like it's just always been there feels like it's Weedman like from you know just picked it up from Newport and dropped it there like it's what that's what it feels like to me it's it's it feels nice and like old and there's lots of the building is uh, was an old funeral home I think so there's just lots of little like architectural details almost like you know lots of tile and things like that that um it's 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 beautiful space so it, like it fits the brand of, of do they Wiedemann. already have like uh the townies and the regulars that i'm sure as soon as someone walks in the door <laughs> am, they look at, at the new person yeah no i'm pretty sure <laughs> that you can walk in there now and there's probably people there that just have been there every day since their grand opening probably before that too and, you know just sitting at the bar <laughs> waiting it um it's it's a really cool space but they had um speaking of beer let me pull up what they have on tap right now because there is a really good lineup. Some of this may... So they, their head brewer is from Cellar Dweller. So with that being said, there are a couple of these beers that will be very familiar to people who are fans of what he does, if to that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. You have to sneeze. <laughs> the downside to doing shows outside. Um, okay, so in no particular order, other than that's what it's listed on my sheet here, they had a raspberry wheat tart ale which would taste very familiar if you're a Cellar Dweller fan. Um, was delicious. Perfect, refreshing, like like dead on for what I want today. I want something like that because it's really hot outside. Um, their Royal Amber, 
which I, I'm going to guess is probably one of the crowd favorites right now. They have an IPA um, with uh, Cascade Centennial Chinook Citra Warrior Hop, so big kind of danky citrus. Um, More of like a West Coast style. Yeah, yeah, but like, you know, not not super high ABV. It's like 6.5%, something around there. So it's, you know, nice and still drinkable enough. Uh, they have an Irish stout, uh, the Hefeweizen. They have a uh, hazelnut coffee milk stout, which again, if you know anything about Steve Shaw and Cellar Dweller, you'll, this beer will taste very familiar and you'll fall in love with it. It's delicious and dead on to what you want it to be. Uh, blonde ale, and then a pale ale, and then they had just tapped the uh, Belgian blonde when I was there the other day, which was, which was delicious. Um, You'll notice that there are no loggers on tap yet, which... Yeah, those take a little longer. Um, yeah, they, they take a little bit of time in tanks, but again, that's kind of what Weedman is known for, is, is kind of a really crisp pilsner. I think that, and then on the other beer, uh, before long, we'll be back in Oktoberfest season. Yeah, so yeah. Oh, yeah. They've always had a really good Oktoberfest. Well, and, and, and box season, when that rolls around the spring, I'm sure they'll have a Bach beer, and yeah. um, just a lot of those big traditional... Um, bohemian styles that they that they love as a, as a brewer yeah I, and it's we were talking a little bit about this earlier but i find myself kind of getting going back more toward those traditional styles and styles that you don't think of necessarily as a, a modern craft beer you think right. of more of a traditional the lagers the pilsners even some of the 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 wheat styles yeah the hefeweizen uh, Hefe and- berliner weiss which i know is pretty hot now especially with the fruited berliner vice oh, yeah. i plan on swinging down to alexandria brewing company tonight to uh, grab his berliner which he just tapped i think a week or two ago that i haven't gotten to try yet and we were talking about the the listerman has started to do some oh, of theirs yeah. as well oh, yeah. and do them very well and it's it's nice to see them i they brew amazing new england ipas but sometimes when i go there i i thought it was funny i was talking to one of my friends and he was like well what's their What's their IPA? And I'm like, well, it's a lot. <laughs> it's they they a, don't have a, what day you're there. <laughs> they don't have a traditional. I, and they I, used I, to. So Listerman, when when I first started, kind of going to Listerman, when they so I mean, you can listen to any of our shows about Listerman and kind of hear their story of where how they've kind of changed and evolved over time. But when they first started having their tap room, they had the Beagle series, we'll call it. Yeah. Which um, there were lots of different Beagle beers, but, you know, Enter the Beagle and they had, you know, uh, Return of the Beagle, I think, was one. Like, lots of... Yeah. Um, and Which you the, can go and see all of the, the old the, yeah, the, uh, labels yeah, on but, their door and then in the tap room as well. That was their, their standard, I guess, IPA at the time. And then now... It's depending on it's the week. Maybe Fiona is going to be. Uh, I know that they're at least going to have it on tap all the time. Yeah, so maybe. I think that'll probably be their flagship New England. I guess. Yeah, but they. I went there uh, like a week ago, and and they didn't have a traditional West Coast style IPA on at all, or even a a, a double IPA, or or even a session. They but they had six New England IPAs, and the thing that I like about it is they all have their own unique. It's not there's. Their, there is something different about each of them. Right. And I know you briefly mentioned on your last show with uh, Street Tide, the Yacht Rock, oh which God. was I, amazing. I love that beer. Every every can, I have one more can left, and every time I drink one, I find something else in it that I absolutely love. I, there are things that I would change about it. Um, I don't to, know what, yeah. To make it more tiki for me. I, I want like a like a brighter kind of fruit flavor, um, a little less milkshakey and a little more um, 
fruity to me. Like I, I want a little more of a snap, a little traditional kind of IPA thing going on to it because I, I, I want a tiki cocktail. <laughs> as soon as I pick that up and you smell it, I get lots of mint and things like you're picking up a right. like a big Mai Tai and you get that face full of mint from the garnish. Yeah, it, uh, it, I went to Jamaica last year and it brought me back to, to Jamaica it's, and that was, that was definitely a very, very good drink. We actually, uh, my fiance and I have been doing their running club on Monday nights and uh, the one night it was like 93 degrees and afterwards we were just like, I want water and then I want a cold <laughs> beer and that was perfect for... Well, and, and that's one of those styles that goes down very quickly and easily too. Like that's just, it, it's so perfect for hot weather. <laughs> yeah, they, it definitely, uh, that did the trick that night. So, But, you know, we were, we were talking about the Berliners and like, it's, it's funny to me that you have a brewery like Listerman that has this huge... Uh, New England IPA presence, and that's to a lot of people, that's what they are. And then there's this whole other segment of people that's like, well, no, they're barrel aged, big, dark beers, you know, the, yeah, the, the Chicals and things yeah. like that, and the Cranium, and you know, that's that's who Listerman is. And then it, now you're going to get this whole other segment of people that are like, well, no, they're, they're these these light fruited sours, these Berliners, like, like that's the Listerman that I know. And like, it's it's fun to have this different personality that can be um, in the forefront of everybody's minds differently based on what you're yeah uh, well and then uh like one of the breweries that i've kind of fallen in love with i know it's not a cincinnati brewery but it's almost close enough to where you could kind of say is uh, 450 north right and they are they started doing the new england ipas but then they also started doing all of their big slurpy beers which people those are, are those ones that explode right yeah the exploding <laughs> can beers which I know I need to get Craft Beer Joe's hookup. He has every single beer from every can release they ever have. and uh, But he only ever seems to have one. Yeah, so. he usually only gets it. I think he might have talked about it on the show, actually, of how he... Uh, His hookup. I, yeah. I actually went to uh, to Indiana, to uh, Lawrenceburg, and I know that because they don't distribute into Ohio yet, which right. they need to. Uh, but you can jump right over the, the border yeah. there and go to Whitey's, and sometimes yeah. they'll have it there. But you gotta, timing is of the essence to right. get those. You have to know when they're going to get there. Yeah, but they, I mean, it, it definitely is, is interesting. And in, in seeing, you know, I, I think you talk about it a lot, too. And uh, the it seems like the new breweries have, it's kind of slowed slightly, I want to say. But I think that it also seems to be very cyclical. Like, we'll have two or three in one month and then we won't have for any for a couple months like we just had three points and uh weedman open up in the same month basically and i don't know if there's going to be much for the rest of the summer maybe one or two but then maybe it seems like in the fall there's going to be another big round of five or six well there's there's a couple places that are just really close and waiting on some really goofy things um off track i think it's i I should probably put them on the list because they are technically in existence right now they have their license and they are making beer um they're waiting they don't have a tap room so their beer is all going to be um on tap at the dunlap cafe Cafe. yeah yeah yeah. um so i mean they should probably count as being open right now even though they're not and uh happy to happy to i've been who knows what the hell is going on with them i think this that's a uh a state or a federal issue that's kind of got them held up on their license i don't know if my my assumption based on on how they're set up is that people can't figure out how to do the whole split between so there's a they're inside of mio's so there's a pizza place that has a license and then you have the brewery that is a separate license and they don't know how to get it to where you can carry your beer back and forth between the two licenses ah. is my guess. That's just 
completely based on the little knowledge that I have. I, I, I that's what I assume. That's but. one of the fun things about liquor license and it's insane, seeing how some people get around it. Like uh, uh, one of the funny jokes I always like is uh, pinups and pints up in Dayton, yeah. the strip club club brewery. <laughs> I, I've never been in there. I drove past it and I looked at it. and I'm like, I don't think I would ever go in there. And the funny thing is, they have so they. I think that the they found that they could be a strip club and and sell beer if they brew their own beer right. and they brew like a light lager. I think, that's I think all they, that they brew. I feel like they had an IPA. I think I saw that they have an IPA. <laughs> I don't know. But, I mean, who knows? It's, yeah. I always joke about that because my fiance is from Dayton and, and they're, they just came out with the Dayton uh, Ale Trail. Right. And I was like, it's funny. Pinups and Pints isn't on there. <laughs> Nobody wants to acknowledge that they're there. <laughs> yeah. But they, they do have a, uh, a little ad in the uh, in the little booklet and the passport, which is I thought was funny. So I was like, That's well, maybe funny. they wanted to be on there, but right. maybe it was just a... They, they didn't allow them to be on there. So. Or maybe it was more expensive to be on there, but less expensive just to run an ad. <laughs> Who knows? Yeah, could be. <laughs> well, I mean, in uh, Oxford, Quarter Barrel, from my understanding with them was that was kind of how they started up. Was Well, not as a strip club, but <laughs> they wanted to get a license to open a bar in a, in a restaurant and have you know beer and things like that. And they, they couldn't get the liquor license, but you could get the brewing license, so... You could kind of skirt around that law a little bit and open up a brew pub, and then you could have an A1 license and serve other beer also. So they just got a small system so they could have a couple of their beers on tap, and then everything else was guest taps, and that was kind of what started the whole thing. And then craft beer exploded. They're like, oh, we should we should really just kind of dive into this whole brewing yeah, thing. Brew more beer. They have a uh, their uh, the. Uh Rosette, that's really good. Uh, I like from them. So yeah, they not typically a style that I drink a lot, but it's good. Well, and it's going to be fun to see you know this summer and into the fall and stuff when they start really kind of stretching out a little bit and in, into Hamilton and, and growing into that space and are able to get more of their beers on tap and start to. You do should do stuff. like a show where you you go and experience the Dora, where you have like the the, <laughs> the mobile show. Set up my show in, <laughs> in my daughter's wagon. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> but actually, be really fun. That's uh, we have done one mobile show, which was from the brew bus. Um, but I mean, you can see we can we can pare this down pretty small, and we can set this up in a wagon and make it happen. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> Maybe I'll start looking into that and do a show that bounces back and forth from municipal to uh, to quarter barrel. Um, Speaking of municipal, have you seen? I don't know if they've publicized it very much yet, but they are doing a Pinewood Derby. They talked about it on our show when we were uh, uh, out there last. But they, you can go into the tap room and for like ten bucks, you buy your little Pinewood Derby car kit and go home and build yourself a car, and then you can enter it. And everybody's going to race against each other. It's like the I've municipal five hundred yeah. or something like that. It's so much fun. That's very cool. There's, there's going to be. Uh, uh, Soapbox Derby at uh, Three Points in Pendleton. I oh, saw as well. Fun. So see, like, and we, you know, we talked a little bit with John about uh, about beer festivals and you know them finding their identity and tap rooms finding their identity and like just events in general. Like you see these things that people are coming up with and that people are doing that are just so much fun. And then there's also drinking, which that's the, that's the fun part. <laughs> right, right. Well, it, it it makes everything else that much more fun. Is the way I always kind of look at it. <laughs> exactly. That's yeah, that's a perfect way to look at it. Well, since we did not find somebody from Wiedemann to sit down with us, uh, I guess that means I need to call Wiedemann and schedule a show, and we need to get out to Wiedemann. So, um, Perfect yeah. excuse. Look look forward to that. And um, we're going to be out in Athens in uh, like a month or so, something like that. Um, we've got 
some stuff coming up with Fig Leaf. Got some some other things that I don't think are nailed down yet. Um, Sonder going to be finally out there talking to them probably later this summer, maybe. So some fun stuff coming up. So uh, you know, stay tuned for all of that stuff. What do you have going on that you want people to know about? I uh, haven't been Are traveling as much. Are you finally going to make it out to Wiedemann? Because you need yeah. to do that. Wiedemann, the also, uh, I've actually been doing a uh, a lot of the Dayton, the Dayton Ale Trail. Um, I've been to a lot of the breweries, but um, want to go up and do more of those. Uh, Where else have you ones. not been here in Cincinnati? Uh, just uh, Three Points right. and Wiedemann, which but they've both opened in the last month. Right, so, right, and I right. bought a house. So I've been kind of busy. <laughs> <laughs> and I then Rolling that. Mill, which I know is technically Middletown, yeah. but I count them. That's, yeah, so that's Cincinnati. Have to get up there, and, and it's nice now that you like when we went went out and did Mount Oreb, We had there were two out there, so it's like it tough to do, to do right. it for one, but for two, all right, that's a night, that's an evening. Right. So. Well, and, and you could do the swing route too with uh, Middletown and hit Hamilton and then come through Monroe. Even like uh, you up. could even do like Springboro yeah, or yeah. Miamisburg or which isn't too far um, and do some Dayton slash Cincinnati slash land of land of no return in the middle right there <laughs> Middletown. So. Yeah, it's the uh, the gray zone. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but you know the the definitely been doing that been uh i haven't been traveling as much this summer but hopefully get back get back out and get some more but brewery it's, adventures. Know, it's, it's like we said you know there's so much going on here you know yeah, cincinnati dayton that there's there's plenty that you know like you said you haven't been to here that you could do need to get up to uh, columbus as well i haven't i've never been to uh, wolf's ridge what about, uh, zaftig what about uh, brew dog have you been, been to brew dog my god that yeah. place was nuts yeah i've been to brew dog been to their the hoof hearted in uh the italian village area i mm. guess it's called been to land grant um, been to some of those ones but it's columbus is just like cincinnati where there, it's it's more than one one day trip yeah it's and they're they're so spread out that it makes it hard and that's you know I, we were lucky i mean we hit within like a four or five mile radius we hit like five or six it just in one day which was probably a little much but no. <laughs> we had a uh we did that and then went to a concert and didn't drink at the concert so we had some time to decompress but you can always you can always find columbus brewing company on tap around there too yeah like wherever exactly. you go it doesn't yep. matter uh what what bar concert venue or wherever you're out there it's always there but yeah check it out i'm working on a uh, a fun i don't know if i want to necessarily a fun blog that kind of encompasses all of cincinnati um, talking about just different beers from different breweries. Um, that's going to kind of be a long form thing. Um, eventually getting that out. I've been slowly, but surely working on that and, uh, been doing, uh, uh, just, I mean, that's pretty much it. MMA McKinney on all the social medias and MMA McKinney.com. Yeah. And, and when this new project does come out, we'll definitely, uh, put it out there for people and we'll have, we'll have links to, to your blog and everything in the, in the show notes. I think you can click on something. If you're listening to this on some kind of podcasting, uh, app, there's probably something you can tap that'll have all the show notes and then you can go straight to all those links and, um, we'll put some links to, um, the, uh, the bad Tom beer that we were drinking today. And yeah, sorry, we didn't get somebody from Wiedemann. <laughs> um, but like I said, we'll, we'll we'll book a show here in the very near future to go out there. Thank you guys for listening. Uh, if you did not email me um, about winning tickets for the Crafted Beer Festival, I'm sorry. Because in theory, I'm going to draw those today sometime. So if you won, congratulations. I'll email you. <laughs> I think this show goes up quick enough that it's, it's time relevant. <laughs> uh, follow us on social media subscribe on podcasting things tell your friends 
Cincy Brewcast, the voice of Cincy Craft. 